Well, here we are, another day, another Here's What's Spinning episode. And this is Adam and Kyle. And we are, well, I'm kind of sitting in my closet. <laughs> and I'm still a little bit sick, so I apologize for the uh, probably incessant coughing. And maybe I've got like this sexy drawl or something right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like I'm stuffed up, so maybe maybe I've got the same thing going on. Maybe this will be the best sounding podcast we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, you you're in your closet, so you've got like clothes to absorb the sound, and I've got AirPods as headphones because I didn't want to go to my truck, but I'm still using a nice mic, and yeah, it's you know it's just one of those days. We're doing it a day late. Yeah, it's just one of those times. Yeah, we're doing it a day late. Um. We have lots of stuff to go over, some news. We have like four albums to rate. Um, there's a bunch of album announcements. Uh, but first things first, we have to go over some more bad news. Sad news in the music world. Totally, yep. So uh, Dance Gavin Dance announced yesterday that their bass player, Tim Furyk, passed away in his sleep. And there's still no cause of death huh. yet to be revealed. Well, that's um, sad news, too. Yeah, it's awful. They're on tour. So, like, another band that's going to be like, well, what the hell do we do here? Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, he's been a member of the band since 2012. He's basically played on all my favorite Dance Gavin Dance albums, <clears throat> which has been like their re- most recent four. Um, but yeah, just another like shocking kind of death in the music world in our scene. So, yep, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, and and he is young too, right? He said, "Hmm, it's our age." Yeah, thirty-four. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. And just like in his sleep. They haven't revealed a cause of death or anything yet, so. Well, I'm never sleeping again, so. Me neither. Sleeping is for the weak. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, our hearts go to, yeah, the boys and dance, Gavin Dance. Absolutely. See what, uh, see what updates come of that. Uh, this is kind of older news, but I just found out about it and it was kind of like, this is interesting. Uh, Will Butler, who is the brother of frontman Win Butler of Arcade Fire, uh, has left the band. Oh, okay. I guess this happened a while ago. Like he left. They have a new album coming out May 6th. Um, and I, like he's on that album, but I guess he left shortly after recording that album just has been in the band for 20 years said it's my time to leave and he's he's left all right well i mean yeah people have to make those choices for themselves and it's tough especially when you're doing it with family so yeah uh, good on them for whatever reasons but good on them for having the strength to do it yeah so um which kind of segues into just minor news is that Arcade Fire did announce that they're filling in, they're filling in a lot of Foo Fighters slots at festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that, which is which, good uh, on them for stepping up. There was another band that was filling them in too. 
Um, who the heck was it? I saw Shinedown was doing one. Yeah, I just saw it on Facebook. I wish I had captured it. Um, it was Arcade Fire and Nine Inch Nails. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Which, again, like, good on these guys for stepping up and mm-hmm. while, while the Foo Fighters go through their grieving process. Yeah. So, look, yeah, there they are on the festival lineup, but without their brother. Alrighty. Uh, before we get to some album announcements, uh, I have seven more. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, okay. The music just keeps coming. Um, but before we get to that, Kyle, Adam, I watched Lords of metal. <laughs> okay. I didn't watch anything. I promised I would. So we'll have to talk about that next week, but tell me about what you thought about Lords of metal. Um, I really enjoyed it for what it was. It was just exactly what I wanted it to be. Totally. Yep. It's like, uh, like it gave me like school of rock vibes. Yeah, definitely. I think that sense of just like not taking itself too seriously. Yeah. And it was just fun. And that's right. Yeah. It's not like winning any awards, but it was a feel good movie. And like it, for me, it hit all the right notes of like being a high school metalhead in the early 2000s mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah even though we never really like dressed the part no we were kind of like that outcast kid a little bit yeah exactly one I, I laughed at like their relationship too because uh I, like we had we had a friend in high school that had a jam space that his parents had paid for and like <laughs> it's kind of like we got to you know hang out and, and do cool things and rehearse in that jam space and so that kind of reminded me of one of the main characters too which was funny and play just incessantly loud bad music yeah exactly yeah. and then uh, uh i was kind of laughing too um it's a little bit more of a stretch but even the cello in lords of metal uh kind of reminded me like that was right around the time we heard of apocalyptica and we were like listening to all the metallica covers by apocalyptica and that's like oh this is so funny yeah, yeah. and the car Jamming the car full of electrical or uh, sound gear. Yeah. When he buys, when he has, when they buy like that giant ass new drum set with his dad's credit card, he's got like all the cases. <laughs> he's trying to just like fit it in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> uh, um, I was reading about it and apparently, because I was wondering how much Tom Morello had to do with it and apparently quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, like he picked all the music. Um, apparently the, like song that they played for Battle of the Bands, uh, Tom Morello wrote. Okay, yeah, which is interesting. Um, but uh, like just like School of Rock, like those three people in the band, mm-hmm. uh, they were all playing that. That's super cool. <clears throat> yeah, so like that kid like learned drums for a long time, which. By the way, those the drums in that movie sounded so good. Yeah, they sounded great. Yeah. Even when he was playing like all the covers and stuff. Totally, yeah. So the production value on the sound was really good for that movie too. Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, also a three-piece metal band with a cello, like that could be a thing and I would listen to that. Absolutely. Well, it is, it's funny because like the cello picks up a lot of the... Um, 
a lot of the filler work that normally the fourth guitar would do, right? Or the second guitar would do, the fourth member. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. And I'm starting to see more and more commonly interesting lineups in music. Like I did work recently for a uh, band, they're a blues band, and their lineup is a drummer, a trombone, and a keyboard player, and the keyboard player sings. Huh. Yeah, so that's pretty like abnormal and but they were so good and like the it helps that they were all fantastic musicians. They cut like they were able to fill the space. But uh yeah, that 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 kind of oddball lineup I think is becoming more and more common too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, Lords of Metal. Go watch it on Netflix. It's a good it's a good little it's a good little watch. Totally. Those cameos were also hilarious. Yeah, with uh, um, Kirk Hammett and uh, Tom Morello and that guy from Anthrax. Yeah, Scott Ian. Yeah, Scott Ian. One more. One more, like, major one. Like, it was a yeah, big... Yeah, who, who, who the heck was it? Oh, no. We're not going to remember. Uh, you might have to move your mic a little closer again. You kind of keep cutting in and out. There might be, like, a gate or something. Uh. It was Tom Morello. Okay, get over it. Is this better? It is. Yeah, Rob Halford. That's who it was. Right, Rob yeah. Halford. Yes. Yeah. But he, he looked he looked different. Like I couldn't, I didn't quite catch that it was Rob Halford. I actually thought it was a stand-in, and then I had to go and double check that all the cameos weren't stand-ins or like right. impersonators. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was very funny. It's good. Um. Speaking of weird lineups, uh, there's a new supergroup out there. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a new supergroup out there. They're called Third Secret. And this is members of Soundgarden, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting lineup. Soundgarden's guitarist, Kim Thale, uh, Chris Novoselic, Course of Nirvana. Matt Cameron from Soundgarden and Pearl Jam drumming. Then they have like two female vocalists. Oh, I didn't catch that they had female vocalists, but that's pretty interesting. I saw, I saw the lineup um, for, for the band. I thought just, I assumed one of them would sing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure lots of them sing. Yeah. But it seems like they have like two female vocalists. So they, they like announced their, they announced their group and then like surprise dropped a full album. Oh, they actually released um, the album already. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> out out the same day. Well, I hope that that's on our list for next week. It sure is. Nice. We have a big week next week. Five five albums now next week. Uh, yeah, five albums next week. Oof. Uh, Jillian Ray is the one singer. Uh huh. And. Jennifer Johnson. Lillian Schley is the second one. <laughs> yeah. Jillian Johnson. Uh, Jennifer Johnson. Jennifer Johnson. So Jennifer Johnson. Oh, she's a violinist and an author. Cool. Okay. Um, she, she doesn't look like she has a lot besides that. Or a lot of Google. I say, I'm just Googling, so I, I could be wrong. but She offers and, nothing. Yeah, and Jillian Ray. Uh, 
she's a singer songwriter from California. Hmm. Yeah. So these are like just, just people, yep. which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm very curious as to what this is going to sound like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I kind of, I just realized that I said that they're just people like as if a band, like famous band members aren't people. <laughs> right. They're just people. Yeah. Just people. Uh, so yeah, that's the, they're called third secret. Uh, the album is self-titled third secret. So we will review that next week. Go check it out. Um, <clears throat> and a weird move. I will, we'll have a brief discussion after I reveal this band doing a deluxe edition of their new, of a album. Okay. Uh, Bullet for My Valentine is doing a deluxe edition of their self-titled album from last year. Why? <laughs> and <clears throat> exactly. Um, it has five new songs on it. Um, they released a single from the, from those five songs. It's called Oven. Um, and it's like a, it's a pretty good single. Like it's a banger. Um, but that leads me to wonder why, like era did this and lots of bands have done this where they will, will like just re-release the entire album, but in a deluxe edition format with like the added songs. And to me, I would prefer like, cause like I've already listened to the album or I've already streamed it. Or if I was like a big fan of the band, like era, actually, like I yeah. had already bought the original album on vinyl then they re-released the deluxe edition like on vinyl and it's like why would i spend 70 dollars on another vinyl for like four or five new songs yeah like i almost wish that it went back to the old days where it's kind of like you release an lp and then you release your singles on an ep and you're just done with it exactly like it's kind of weird that they're re-releasing albums i don't like it i really wish that they would just release it as an ep because then it would be like I feel like it'd be more, more excitement behind it. It'd be like, instead of like, Hey, here's a new single. We're releasing a deluxe edition of our old album. It would be like, Hey, here's a brand new EP with five new songs. I feel like it'd be a lot more exciting for fans. Totally. Yep. Cause then you really think you're getting something new as opposed to just like old and new added on top. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't like the sentiment either. And I don't know why people are doing it. Like, I think like maybe, maybe they're looking to double sell albums. Like that's kind of maybe the intention, you know, you do the first push and then you do a second push with some new songs and then you get people buying the album twice. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Me neither. But anyway, um, that is <clears throat> coming out July 8th. Deluxe edition of Bullet for My Valentine, if you so choose. Cool. Uh, five new album announcements. Get ready. Um, ready. <clears throat> uh, speaking of supergroups, I think we listened to their single already, but um, the band, the supergroup, The Halo Effect, who is members of Dark Tranquility, uh, In Flames, and East Earth, I think. Yeah. Uh, they are releasing their debut album 
Days of the Lost, October 12th, or not October 12th, August 12th. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> Days of the Lost, you said? Yeah. Uh, the singles are really good. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, Kyle's favorite band, Machine Head, <laughs> uh, announced a new album. Uh, it's called Of Kingdom and Crown, uh, August 26th. Apparently, it's the heaviest they've ever been. Oh, that's and interesting. If, and if the new single is any indication, that might be true. Um, it's also a concept album based off of the anime series Attack on Titan. Cool. Never I watched follow, it. No, I don't follow anime at all, but I know that no. that's becoming common as well. Yeah. Uh, upon a Burning Body. Um, are, they, really, uh, are, they, are they a new like, um, synth pop band? Yeah, totally. Cool. They only do covers of Dua Lipa. Ah, nice. That's my favorite. That's what I've been itching for. Mm. Uh, their new album, Fury, comes out May 6th. Uh, they're a really cool band. I have liked them a lot in the past. <clears throat> um, novelists, FR. I don't know what the FR stands for. I think France, French, because it's like the French metalcore band version of novelists. I think there's two novelists. Okay. Um, I think one's an instrumental band, and I think this one is the band with vocals. Uh, anyway, they have a new album coming out called Deja Vu Premier Party <laughs> on September 2nd. Um, their last album I really enjoyed, so I'm curious about this one. <clears throat> and last but... Sorry, I'm just writing that down. Deja vu, premier party. Premier party. Uh, and last but not least, Canadian, a Canadian uh, act. I don't know if you like these guys or not, Kyle. I'm sure you do. The Sheepdogs. I do like the Sheepdogs. They're cool. Uh, their new album, Outa, Outa Sight. Outa Sight. <laughs> Outa Sight. June 3rd. Hey, that's out of sight. Out of mind. There you go. That is all the new releases that have been announced that I could find that are worth it. I'm sure there's more, but we don't got time for that. No, it's already April, <clears throat> and our list of albums for this year is 130 song, 130 albums. Holy shit. <laughs> so we've, we're gonna, we've already basically surpassed Oh yeah, listened to yes last year. Yeah, 20, 2021. And we haven't listened to all of these. Um no. but but uh um yeah, we we will. And just to think of how many more albums have actually been released that we just haven't even talked about. I know. That aren't even aren't even in our genre. Yeah, it's insane. Um speaking of Oh, there it is. Never mind. Continue on. Uh, well, actually, you're up because we're getting into our uh, album ratings for this week. Okay. Uh, we have four of them. And I believe, Kyle, it is your turn for the order. Which 
Okay. I'm okay. always very intrigued about because, man, this was an interesting week as well. It was. I was really actually happy about this week. It, uh, it, was, a, it was a great week, and it was a, a varied week. Like, we were all over the place in genres. All over the place in genres. Uh, I have some moderate scores. I have a very low score. Okay. And yeah, it'll be very interesting. I had a I had an interesting week listening to all these. I'm so curious because all of my scores came really close together. Wow. That shocks me for one. Okay. Uh so my least favorite album this week was from the artist Monument of a Memory with the album Harmony and Absolution. Okay. <sighs> That was such a vague response. I don't know where it falls for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to give too much away. Uh, Vocals, I gave a 3.8. You'll you'll see pretty quick where this is going. I gave 4.5. Okay. Katara gave a 3.7. Wow. Yeah. That seems... I I found the guitars really boring. They were just like really chuggy and like the riffs weren't that interesting and like there is some cool parts like i that, that actually went up uh today because i listened mm-hmm. to the album again over the week uh but yeah, i just didn't find it that good interesting i gave him 4.3 okay okay uh drums i gave a 4.4 4. uh i also gave 4.3 okay uh writing i gave a 4.2 uh, I gave four. Okay. Okay. Uh, production, I gave a 4.6. Uh, I gave 4.2, actually. Okay. A little lower. A little lower, yeah. And repeatability, I gave a 3.5. Yeah, this, this is where the difference comes in. I gave 4.5 for repeatability. Holy, yeah. I really, really liked this album. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like. I liked it. But like I say, I found that it droned on a bit. Like I found that it was just a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't find that much creativity in it myself. So, um, uh, or it didn't grab me in the same way. Like I thought that the writing was good. There were, there were good songs and they had good flow over the album, but, uh, it just didn't grab me very much. So, uh, my overall score was 24.2. And we're not that far off. That's, that's your lowest score of this week. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> that really shocks me i i i actually I, th- I think i see where this is going now so yeah um well my score for this album was 25.8 and that was my highest score this week <laughs> okay okay i just i i found this album really interesting to listen to that's why i kind of kept going back to it yeah the, the vocals i gave such a high score because I didn't look into who was doing the vocals, but if it's the same person doing cleans and screams, the dude's got a range. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll give you that. But it might be double vocalists. I haven't. Yeah. I don't know too much about this band because this was like their debut album. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, like the, the 3.8 on vocals, uh, like I did, I did enjoy them. I thought they were impressive, but like they weren't, uh, they weren't exciting. I didn't find like even the melodies. Mm. I didn't find that good myself, but uh, 
There you go. Yeah. Okay. My second least favorite album of the week is uh, artist Papa Roach with the album Ego Trip. Ego Trip. Yeah. Uh, Papa. So I gave uh, vocals a 3.8 here as well, actually. I gave 2.7. <laughs> okay. Uh, I liked his screams and I liked his like percussive style and I thought that he did a good job, honestly. Yeah, uh, his screams were decent when he used them. Right. Didn't use them enough. <laughs> like maybe in two songs that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. But like but Papa Roach isn't like a metal band. They're like a three days grace kind of band, right? Well, let me tell you, they should be. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I think so. Yeah, their drum their their, their drummer is really good. Um I think that he's held back a little bit on this album. Like I give it drums a three point six. Drums two point six. <laughs> uh, okay, what'd you give guitars and bass? And I included like the 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 samples in here as well. Uh, two point five. <laughs> I gave it a three point eight. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I'm just gonna keep flying through this, and we'll talk about it at the end. Okay, so I gave writing writing. I gave a four point three. Holy frick. Yeah, we are so far off. I gave 2.2. 2. <laughs> uh, production, I gave a 4.6. Um, I gave 3.8 for production. Okay, okay. And repeatability, <laughs> I gave a 4.6. Wow. Yeah. You liked this album, hey? I really liked this album. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I hated this album. Did you? I thought it was awful. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it grabbed me the right way. I was I listened to it probably every day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I listened to it my my repeat was one. I listened to okay. it once through and yeah. it it that one felt like it was like an hour and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, no. So my full full score was twenty four point seven. Mine was 14.8. One of the ways I described this album that is kind of funny, but I thought it was a perfect representation of what Skillet is trying to be. Hmm. Yeah. So I can see like where, um, uh, where the low scores would come from. But like I say, I don't know. It grabbed me the right way. I went back to the top and I listened to it again. And then I listened to it every day. I just thought it was so good and catchy and like good hooks well-produced like um yeah i don't know i liked it it's funny how different it hit for us totally because yeah i like the album got off to a good start that first track was awesome yeah and i was like oh this is gonna be sweet and then it went into like this weird like they were almost kind of like rapping yep and like it felt like they were trying way too hard to blend styles together and then it just completely lost me. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, good. So that was your least favorite, I imagine. Oh, by a long shot. Okay, so we've we've hit your 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 least favorite and your most favorite in my bottom two. So that's what a fun week. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, this yeah. one is uh, 
like besides skillet, this is my lowest score of the year. Fair enough. But if they made an entire album that sounded like that first song, I'd be in, I'd be there for it. You'd be into it. Yeah. Fair enough. No, that would never happen. No, no. Okay. Uh, Spot number two for me. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. I, I like it. It's riveting. Um, so my th- second favorite album was uh, Joe Satriani with the album The Elephants of Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have... Yeah. What are you going to say? I can, I can tell you where it would have come in, but I want to do the scores first. Okay, okay. So... Uh, what are we doing? What did you do for scores this week for vocals for, for Joe Satriani? Well, I still just did 2.5. Okay. Uh, yeah. If I, if I do 2.5, then, um, then it'll be the lowest score of the week. At one time we had talked about like splitting up guitar and bass for the instrumental albums. So I kind of did that. Right. Um, so if if I did split up guitar and bass, like if I if I treated the guitar as the vocals of the album because that's who we're featuring is Joe Satriani, right? Then I gave I gave a four point two, and then I gave the rest of the instruments also a four point two, not including percussion. Mm. Yeah, I keep forgetting that that's how we need to do that. I think so. I think it'll balance the instrumentals a little bit better. Um, if we were doing that, I would have given the. I probably would have given the bass like around right around that, like between four and four point two ish. Okay. Yeah. The guitars I gave four point six. Nice. Yeah. He did a really good job. Yeah. What I liked about this album compared to like Steve Vai. Yeah. Or even Animals as Leaders is that um for a Joe Satriani album, this this uh, this album felt a lot less show offy. I've actually always felt that way about Joe Satriani. He's a very humble, incredible yeah. guitar player. Don't get me wrong. There was obviously moments of the album where he would just go buck wild. Totally. Yeah. For the most part, it was really like, I don't know. It was really like eclectic sounding. It was really, there's like a lot of instruments, like different styles of instruments that seem to be used in there. I don't know who was playing them all. Yeah, but they they were good. And then yeah, like all the all the like actual instrument, all the guitar stuff was like really cool, really well placed. Um and yeah, not like just not too flashy, which I kind of didn't expect but also kind of appreciated. Yeah, I I definitely agree with all of that. Um, you said you would have given the other instruments like 4.2 ish. Yeah. Yeah. So like that it would be like the bass and the keys and there was some like filler vocals and stuff like choir style vocals. So I included them in there. Um, but I thought but like drums, uh, drums, I gave a 3.8. I get four. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought that there is a, a, a little bit more space for drums than what was utilized. Yep. Um, but as far as like the other instruments go, um, 
this is really shown in the writing and the production scores, but uh, everything filled in really nice. Like even some of the bass runs, like some of the bass licks were so fucking technical and yeah. uh, they just, but they just fit. Like, like you say, I don't know who those other instrument players are, musicians are, but uh, kudos to them as well. Definitely. Yeah. I'm sure at this point he just has like an all-star cast of. Oh yeah. Lined up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, writing, I gave a 4.7. Um, I gave 4.4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought like instrumental albums are hard and this one kept my attention. So I get, I got a nice high writing score. Yeah. Uh, production, I gave 4.9. Yeah. I gave 4.7 on that one. Yeah. Really well produced. Again, uh, like, what do you expect? Totally. Yeah. And like the, the, like I say, the filler, the filler support instruments just fit in so nicely. And one of the things I wanted to mention is the Elephants of Mars, the the title track, um, actually sounded like Elephants on Mars. Like I was listening to it, I was like, "What a great name for a song!" Like I'm actually feeling this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, repeatability gave a three point five. I give three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so overall, my score was uh, 25.3 with the guitar separate from the instruments and 23.6 yeah. with it averaged out. Yeah, that's we're pretty, we're very close. Then. If I averaged it out, it would be 23.6 as well. Okay, yeah, or sorry, 23.2. Okay, yeah, a little lower. Yeah, yeah, some good instrumental albums this year. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it'll, I'll be even more curious next week when Kirk Hammett's comes out. Is it, is it an instrumental album? I uh, maybe. Yeah. Like he could feature vocalists. I don't know. I can't, I can't find much information about this and he didn't release a single. No, it'll be fun to hear what he does. I'm really curious. Very. Uh, did that spot, did that fall in number two or three for you? Um, in of out of the four, it would have fallen number three. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, out of if we include, well, I'll talk about this one at the end. If if we include Jack White's, it would have it like beat out Jack White's by like point one. Okay, okay. So they, they, those, those two were very close. Gotcha, gotcha. The Adam McCall Podcast is sponsored by Canadiana Music. Canadiana Music is a new company in Southern Alberta that is built to drive the community supporting local artists and songwriters. Keep a tab on Canadiana Music to hear about information for local artists, upcoming events, and sponsorship options. Canadiana Music is also a fully equipped production company with a professional recording studio located in the beautiful Turner Valley. Reach out from their website at www.canadianamusic.com for any production or recording needs. Mention the Adam and Kyle podcast to receive 10% off of the label for your next event or recording. Follow Canadiana Music at Canadiana Music on social media. Check the show notes below for links. Uh, my absolute favorite album of this week. Like for every time I listen to Papa Roach, I listen to this album twice. Uh, which is part of the reason I didn't get to Jack White this week is I just kept having to go back to listen to this album. But it is the artist Orville Peck with his album Bronco. Well, my 
my friend Nick. I know he listens every week. Yeah. Shout out Nick Hendrickson. Uh, we're going also to Slipknot on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So I absolutely cannot wait for that. Um, my friend Nick will be very happy because he loves Orville Peck and he's been on my ass <laughs> for us to review this ever since it, he started coming out. I also have to point out before we get into it, Orville Peck had like a weird kind of way of releasing this album. Okay. Because <clears throat> Nick would kept, kept coming to me and, he's, he, and he'd be like, Orville Peck released like all these new songs. And I was like, yeah, but the album hasn't like, isn't supposed to be coming out yet. And instead of, you know how most bands, they will be like, like they'll release like three or four or five singles or whatever. Yeah. He released, this album is 15 songs and he kind of released like five songs at a time. And, oh, and like three things. So I like, he released like five songs and then waited a while and then released five songs and then waited till April 8th when this album came out to release the last five. Oh, I see kind that. He re- he released it that the, way. Yeah. It's kind of cool actually. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, but it's like released pony in 2019 followed by the EP show pony 2020 and then released Bronco this year, which is like a hilarious the, the album names. Yeah. Um, yeah, so interesting way to, to release all this. Totally, yeah. Um, I'll save, I have, a, I have a thought about the artwork and stuff like that. I'll save it till after we review it. So this will be very interesting as to how we... Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to kind of throw in some fun facts about Orville Peck as well, because like I heard this and I was like, who is this person? So he's had uh, no, no formal music training. He taught himself by playing on an acoustic guitar and an old Casio keyboard. He's from Johannesburg, South Africa. He's a son of a sound engineer and did voiceover work for cartoons as a child. He trained in ballet for 12 years and performed a musical theater. And by the time he was in his 20s, he was on tours of musicals. So that's the kind of history that led us up to him releasing these EPs and albums. Uh, but he doesn't show his face publicly. He is based out of Canada. Uh, Orville Peck's a pseudonym. We don't actually know his real name. He doesn't show his face, like I say, in public. Like, right. This guy is just, I, I want to meet this guy. He's because, like, if you listen to the album, he sounds like Elvis, uh, mm-hmm. but he's writing like deep country cuts. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal work. Yeah, he's a very interesting artist for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'll say, because I did enjoy this a- album after listening to it multiple times uh, yesterday, um, and like I gave like decently high scores, but the only two maybe negatives I'll say is that. I think for some of it, you definitely have to be kind of in the right mood or for me anyway. Okay. Yeah. You have to be kind of in the mood for that kind of like stripped down ballady country stuff. Right. Right. Um, and then speaking of how the music sounded, 
is I think what really threw me off. I, I mentioned this about Ghost a while ago, where it was like their persona and how their album cover looked and how their like image was didn't match their music. Right. And his image and persona does not at all match his music. Like it's not at all what I expected it to sound like. No, he looks like he should be like pop country or glamour country or like hard rock country even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it was just like another one of those, like expecting it to sound a certain way, just based off of even like the album cover and his image. Totally. And then it yeah. sounds absolutely nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, vocals, I gave a 4.4. Uh, I gave 4.3. Nice. Uh, I found, yeah, he's got this really deep, rich, like Elvis style voice, but he gets into his range in a few of the songs and in some of his like trills and and melody riffs and just, just beautiful. He does sound like Elvis reincarnate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guitar gave 3.9. Uh, I gave 4.1. Nice. Nice. Uh, drums, I gave a 4.1. I gave four. Okay. Okay. Writing, I gave a 4.8. Wow. Okay. I was, yeah, I was 4.2. A little more modest. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, production, I gave a 4.4. Yeah. I gave 4.5. Yeah. It was, it was definitely mixed intentionally as like an old school country album. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they did a really great job of that while not losing all of the sonic uh, um, influences that old country albums have. Like, like the totally. voice kind of sounded lo-fi, uh, but you could still hear all the instruments. And like, it was produced actually, I think, really expertly to kind of give that old school feel, but with modern mm-hmm. techniques and modern uh, um, uh, sonic plateaus, yeah. I'll say. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, repeatability, I gave a full five. Yeah, I gave 3.5. Okay. And it was again mainly because of that fact of just, I felt like I had to be in the right mood. Fair enough. I feel like this album put me in the right mood every time. Like, <laughs> like Daytona Sand, the opening track, I just was right into it. And then, like, by the time I was getting bored, mm-hmm. uh, Lafayette came on, and that's such a killer song. And then, like, I was, I was right into it the whole time, man. It was just so good. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so my full score was 26.6. And mine was 24.6. Okay. Okay. It was basically the repeatability where we differed the most, I think. It seems that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Orville Peck, also very cool. I think Nick is going to see him live, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, friend of the show, Rylan Wood, his band, The Promised, is at a festival playing at a festival that he is at oh no shit that same one with like Rhett Thomas Rhett or whatever yeah they're doing yeah Yeah, Orville Peck's on that bill oh sweet so maybe we send Rylan a message say hey meet this human and tell us what he's like yeah I have a suspicion that he is just a super humble dude that like he just came out of nowhere and he's just like but I I don't want to (laughs) <laughs> I always do that. I look at rose colored glasses and then they turn out to be an asshole, but I hope he's a humble dude. Cause uh, yeah. yeah, he um, he's got the right persona for it. So totally. Um, 
<clears throat> before we move on to honorable mentions real quick, um, I did listen to and rate the Jack White album, Fear of the Dawn. Um, it's quite an interesting, if you're a fan of like uh, Lazaretto or Blunderbuss Jack White, like kind of the more hard rocky, but like super crazy weird sounds Jack yeah. White. Uh, definitely an album for you. There's some weird tracks on this album in general. Um, <clears throat> but this would have fallen, like I said, I mean, if I was just going by rating, it would have fallen third this week. Okay. And like 0.1 points ahead of Joe Satrani. Right, right. But my number one, again, barely was Monument of a Memory. And then Orville Peck was number two. Nice. Yeah, you had an interesting week too. It was a weird week for scoring this week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> but yeah, Jack White's I would have given 23.3. What were the uh, highlights? Uh, well, the, like the writing got the highest score and his guitars. Yeah. Got cool. a four for me. I mean, his vocals are his vocals. Yep, they always are. <clears throat> but he's, I find him a very uh, unique and interesting guitar player. That's true. I yep. think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. For sure. Yeah, the, the uh, hooks that he comes up with on the guitar <laughs> and the riffs are just, whew, they're, they're catchy yeah. as hell. Even though sometimes his guitar tone is just out there. Totally, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you're a fan of Jack White, I think you'll definitely dig this album. Um, two honorable mentions to go over. I brought it up on the last podcast. So the band health who, I mean, I don't even know who they are. Yeah. <clears throat> but they did like a album with a bunch of features and it seems that they always do this. Like their, their part one album also had a bunch of features. Okay. Um, so this was the album disco four part two. Uh, I don't even know what else really to say about this. Their <clears throat> one track they did with Lamb of God was awesome. Every other track sucked. So, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> even the one with Nine Inch Nails, like it was just like, just not good. Just not good. <clears throat> but their album or their song "Cold Blood" with Lamb of God, like that could be easily added to like a pump you up playlist. Cause it just sounds like Lamb of God. It just sounds like a new Lamb of God song. So it was good. Cool. Cool. Um, and then the uh, last one was a band called bellwether. Um, and they released a debut EP called impermanence. It's like a short little five song, kind of like a, they're pop punk, which okay. most of the time I'm not a huge fan of pop punk. Like it just, feels childish to me <laughs> in a sense yeah yeah um but this was um this was a cool ep kind of like a little on the heavier side um yeah if you're kind of like into pop punk or just want something like super short and high energy it's uh it's a cool listen nice bellwether uh, what do we have next? I did the honorable mentions. 
I guess coming up next week. So we have a big week coming up next week. Um, these were all released today as we speak. Uh, we mentioned Third Secret, the uh, supergroup that was actually released a few days ago, but we will go over that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have in our list the, that John Baptiste album. Okay. To round out the five. Nice. Uh, so that was his like, Grammy Award winning album of the year. We are. We will go over that. Um, and then <clears throat> punk band, a Wilhelm scream with their album. Use your lose your delusion. Over that, Cancer Bats, their album Psychic Jailbreak. I will be listening to that today at work. And another one I will definitely be listening today at work that I'm very excited for Monuments with their new album In Stasis. And that is their first album with Andy Sizik on vocals. Nice. And I think that about does it. Cool. Yeah, big week next week. Uh, May 6th is even a bigger week. <clears throat> Don't look at our list for May 6th. I mean, we, we, have to, we have to narrow it down to five, but I think May 6th or our recording on May 12th has nine albums. Oh my god! <laughs> but we'll have to take it. We'll have to just review five. Totally, yeah. And it'll be hard to pick which ones because there's some real heavy hitters. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Um, I guess we can also mention now that it's basically a uh, official, and we can start promoting it uh, next week, Thursday. Uh, Thursday or Friday, probably Thursday, we will be releasing our interview with the lead singer of metal band Tidebringer. Woohoo! Uh, so that is Chris Thorson. They, they have released a couple of singles. If you haven't checked them out, you must. Um, and they're releasing another single and new video uh, next Thursday on the 21st. And we recorded an interview with him a while back so look for that so we'll have a we'll have a guest interview coming out on the thursday and then another here's what's spinning episode coming out on the friday where we will talk about the aforementioned five albums and i'm sure more will come up oh yeah it's uh yeah, I'll, there's a lot to catch up on this week, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice. Uh, next time we do Here's a Spinning, we'll be able to to go over some of the suggestions that Chris had uh, suggested as well. Um, yes. And, and kind of chat about those, which we haven't done a, uh, a guest feature on Here's What's Spinning uh, or featured favorites on Here's What's Spinning in a while. So that'll be a fun yeah. one too. And lots yeah. to do for next week. Definitely. So a couple of big weeks coming up. And I think that does it for us. Do you have anything else to say to the people? Um, be careful. There's still old school colds out there and they're coming back with a vengeance. Lord, you're <laughs> telling me. 
<laughs> I've tested negative for COVID so many times. I'm like, this has to be COVID. This sucks. And it's just not COVID anytime. It's just a cold. Yeah. It's brutal out there. Yeah. So uh, keep your head high. Don't kiss strangers. <laughs> and and wash your hands after you blow your nose. <laughs> yes. All of those things. Uh, you know where to find us. All the links to all of our shows, the Adam and Kyle podcast, and here's what's spinning all in the show notes below. Uh, keep an eye on the, uh, here's what's spinning playlist. And we also always include, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but we always include like a little blurb blurb about supporting artists. And I always include a link to, we feature an artist every week and I always include a link down below to like a different artists store. Mm-hmm. Like web store so you can go and buy some stuff if you want to go support one of your bands that we've talked about uh this week who should we feature i usually feature like ones that we have talked about maybe orville peck i was gonna say orville peck i think is probably the one we should do this week this week we'll feature orville peck so yeah go into the show notes below there'll be a link to like his store and even i'll put a link to his album as well listen to it keep supporting your local artists absolutely and I guess lastly yeah Tim Furyk rest in peace absolutely and thanks for hanging out with us goodbye <laughs>